Uh, would you turn with me to the book of John this morning? Book of John and the 14th chapter. And I would use somebody's amplified too when. John 14 and verse 21, I'll find it. Thank you. John 14, 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Everybody said out loud, manifest. manifest. How many of that sounds good to you? Yes. That the Lord said he would manifest himself to us. Let me read this to you from the Amplified. I like the way it amplifies and brings out this. It does what its title suggests. It says, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. How can you tell if somebody really loves God? Hmm? They'll do what he says. Right? They'll obey him. What about somebody that says they love the Lord all the time, but they don't do what he says? Well, they're kidding themselves. They're deceiving themselves. They don't really love the Lord. A lot of people don't like it that black and white. They've grown up on uh, philosophy of men which talk about unconditional love and they've made their own definitions out of love and said, well, no, you don't tell somebody that you love me if you do what I say. Well, the Lord did. Right? I said he did. And that's because that's the way it is. If you love him, you'll obey him. If you don't obey him, you don't really love him. You love something else more. That's obvious, isn't it? If the Lord dealt with you, just like something basic, you know, go to church. Get involved. How many believe there are a number of people in this area that the Lord dealt with come to church this morning? Yes. Not just in this church, but all over any yes. church. He dealt with them to go. You know, get up, go, be a part, hook up, be involved. But they didn't. Why? They love something else more, even if it's just laying in the bed. Right? Because if you love him above these other things, then you're going to put him first, his things first. You're going to do what he said. And that's what the Lord said, if you love me, then you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and will show myself to him. How many like that? If you love the Lord and you obey him, he said, I'll show myself to you. I mean, how much greater could it be than that? That the Lord show himself to you. The Amplified has a note. It says, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Glory. I'll let myself be clearly seen by him. How many understand that there are many, many on this planet and they don't see God. They don't know God. They don't know who he is. He's not real to them at all. And they blame him. Yeah. Is God real? People go, well, I don't know. Well, Lord, show me that you're real. Well, now he says, if you believe in me, obey me. Yeah. Right? Yes. How many understand that God is not at the dictates of man? That's right. Amen. I'm not going to believe you. You come and prove to me that you're real here. And I'll decide if I want to believe you or not. Well, no, you just be ignorant and in the dark. Just stay that way, right? You're forgetting who you are. You are the created. He is the creator. You don't tell him how the thing works. He's told us. You don't tell him to adapt to your plan. You adapt to his plan that's been in the book for a long, long time. He said, believe me and obey me. And that demonstrates you love me. And when you love me, how many understand the Bible said, draw near to him and what? Didn't say he's going to draw near to you first. He's already moved. Right? Right? Well, glory waiting on you to move. No, he moved. He moved in creation. And how did he move in redemption? 
Oh, he's moved. God manifest in the flesh. He's paid the price for us. He's done everything. We're not waiting on him to show us that he loves us. He's shown us. Right? He shows us every day when the sun shines and your heart beats again. Right? No, we, you know, it's not up to him. Lord, demonstrate to us. Prove something. He has. I said he has. It's up to us to demonstrate something. Right? That we believe in him. That we love him. And we do that by obeying him. And he said, and when you do, you demonstrate you love me. He said, I will love you. And I will manifest myself to you. I will let myself be clearly seen. And make myself real to you. Oh, glory to God. Do you have a heart for that? Are you hungry for that? To experience the manifestation of the reality of God. For God to be much, much, much more real to you than he's ever been before. And to just go from one glory of that to the next. Hallelujah. Can you see why we've got reason to be excited? Because why would the Lord have us teach on this? Because <laughs> he wants us to believe for it. So he can do it. In our midst. Amen. That's exciting. That's exciting. We could have so much manifestation, people just call us the glory place. Amen. The glory place. They say, you know, what they say, they got over a hundred shows in Branson now. And that's great. People say, oh yeah, but have you seen the glory show? (laughs) Well, God shows himself. Amen. Makes himself manifest and known, not just, you know, indiscriminately to everybody, but to who? Those who love him. How would you know they love him? They obey him. They keep his commands. They do what he says. Now, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. If you back up just a few verses, well, excuse me, let me read the next verse and then we'll back up and you'll see how all this ties together. We read verse 21, verse 22 Judas said to him, not Iscariot, another Judas, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. We'll live with him. We'll live in him together with him. Because, uh, you know, he said, well, how can you manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Because back up in verse uh, 15, just back right up to the 15th verse, he had already told them. I'm saying now why he asked him this question. He said, if you love me, do what? Now, that's three times in the last few minutes we've seen that in different places. Right? And that's not the only three. I mean, this is all over. If you love me, you do what? Or what if you don't keep his commandments? What does that prove? No it proves you love something else more. Right? And how many understand that you must not love your job more than you love God? Or your business? Right? Or your investments or your hobbies? How many understand you must not love your spouse more than you love God? That's a little weak. How many understand you must not love your kids more than you love God? See, people talk about, they say, well, our kids are our life. Well, then God is not. No, no. Nobody can be number one in your life except God. If you love anybody or anything more than you love him, then he's not your Lord. He might be your savior, but he's not your Lord. He's not number one. In your life. You must put him first. You know, I know people that teach different from this. But I don't believe they have Bible to back it up. You do not put your family first. Did you hear me? What if Moses had put his family first? What if Jesus had put his family first? Did you hear me? All through the Bible. No, you don't put your family first. You put God first. And then your family will be blessed. Right? 
then you don't put your spouse first. You don't put your stuff first. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Everybody say the Lord first. first. Well, then how do you put him first? It's easy to say that. and It's easy to say I do. But can you tell if somebody does or not? Well, you put his things first. You'll be obeying him when he deals with you. Take care of this. Support this. Help out with this. Be there for this. Then you're putting him first in action in your life. By doing it, he said, he that loves me, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world, whom the what? The world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, he dwells with you and shall be in you. That's why Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, how are you going to reveal yourself to us and not the world? So he's talking about the manifestation of the Lord to us, and he was already talking about the Holy Spirit. So this is the manifestation of the Spirit. The Lord, How's the Lord going to reveal himself to us? He's going to manifest his Spirit in our midst. And the Bible said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he won't even speak of himself. But he's going to magnify and glorify Jesus. Amen. And take the things of the Lord and reveal and make them real to us. Now, if you'll back up to the 11th chapter of John, John 11, this is the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And let's notice a particular thing in here that happened in verse 39, John 11:39. They're all out at the cemetery, Jesus and his disciples. Martha and Mary and the family of Lazarus and a bunch of the religious leaders and people, you know, from the synagogue. We'd say today the church, a bunch of people out there in the cemetery. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Well, that'd be like saying, dig them up. Right? Today, because this was an above ground tomb, that'd be like saying, dig them up. Well, a lot of folk wouldn't want to do that now, would they? And you got a big crowd out there. And uh, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to the Lord, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead four days. Now listen to what Jesus said to her. Jesus said, verse 40, said I not to you, in other words, didn't I tell you, that if you would believe, you should see the glory of Of God. And so they took away the stone. They dug him up. They stepped back. Did they see the glory of God? Yes, they did. They saw it manifested in Lazarus being raised from the dead. That's glorious, isn't it? That is one example of a manifestation of the glory of God. Jesus was manifest to them. God the Father was made manifest to them. How many believe God was more real to them right then? (laughs) When they're standing there looking at a man who was cold and dead just a few minutes ago, how many believe God was shown to them and was more real to them? They saw a manifestation of the glory of God. Now here's the thing though. Does our faith have anything to do with the manifestation of the glory of God? What did he tell them? If you you will what? Now let me look at it there. Is there an if there? Hmm? Verse 40. Is there an if in this? In this phrase? Yeah. That means it's conditional. In other words, if you don't believe, should you expect to see something? No, that's why the if is there. If you do it, this will happen. If you don't do it, it won't happen. If you do what? Believe. Now, we're going to camp on this, and that's one reason we're teaching on it, because faith comes by what? Hearing. And in this particular instance, you know, faith for healing comes by hearing about healing. Faith for prosperity comes by hearing about prosperity. That's why we spent... Weeks and weeks teaching on healing, and we spent weeks and weeks teaching on prosperity and other things, but we should have faith in this area now too. Faith for what? Faith to see the glory of God. Faith 
to experience the revelation and the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of the glory of God. Can we believe for this? Should we believe for this? Jesus said, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Everybody say that out loud. If we believe, we will see the glory of God. Is that scripture now? I'm not making this up. If we believe, we'll what? See the glory of God. How are we going to get faith for this? Comes by hearing. So we're going to talk about the glory. (laughs) We're going to study the glory. Amen. And talk about the glory. And hear what God has said in his word about the glory. And faith is going to come. Concerning the glory. And then we're going to believe to see. Manifestations. Amen. And believe what the Lord told us if you obey me. And how many already committed in your heart that you won't obey the Lord? Hmm? Yeah. That wasn't everybody. But, but maybe the rest of the folks will get in before it's over with. And we'll all obey God, right? And as we do, what did he say? I will manifest myself to you. So we're not trying to believe for something strange. We're just believing what he told us he'd do. He told us he'd do this. So we're going to expect it. Right? We're expecting the manifestation of the glory of God. Now you know numerous prophecies throughout the Bible have foretold of this kind of thing. I just want to read a few of them to you. Don't try to turn to these. But in Numbers 14... The Lord said, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. All, how many believe that has to come to pass? If the Lord said it, it has to come to pass. All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. In Psalm 72, 19, 72, 19 said, blessed be his glorious name forever And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. The whole earth be filled with his glory. The Bible says in Habakkuk 2.14. I'm just giving you a sampling of these. It's not just one place. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Habakkuk 2.14. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How many know there's a lot of water out there in the Pacific? There's a lot of water in the Atlantic. And in the, he said the glory of the Lord. And in this verse says the knowledge of the glory. So we'll have knowledge of the glory. Experience of the glory and understanding. And in Isaiah 40, boy, this is a good one too. Isaiah 40 verse 5 says, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How many believe when the mouth of the Lord has spoken it? Get ready, because it's got to come to pass, right? I mean, heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never fail and never pass away. Let me read it again. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So are we talking about believing for something off the wall here? No, is this Bible? It's the will of God. Should we believe to see the glory of the Lord? Yes, yes. So beginning this morning, we're beginning this series and this direction of teaching and ministry. And as long as the Lord leads us this way, I mean, if we stayed on it for three years, if that's what he wanted, that's what we'll do. How long are we going, Brother Keith? I don't know. I will know. Right? I'll know when we get to an unhooking place. And until we do... We just keep on. Right? Glory. And I don't think if we're having manifestations of the glory, I don't think we'd get tired of it anytime soon. Do you? And if the glory of God is being manifest, you'd say, let's hear some more. Let's, oh yeah. Let's believe the Lord to show up like last time. Right? 
And when people taste and see the goodness of the Lord, and you get, I've had some small experience in manifestations of God's glory, and I'm telling you, once you taste the real thing, there's nothing else to satisfy you. I mean, a bunch of hoopla and flesh and soul stuff. You can say, hey, y'all can have that. I want the real thing. I want the real thing. A lot of people are so easily deceived and misled because they don't know the difference. They haven't experienced true manifestations of the Spirit of God. And so that's why they're caught up in a bunch of emotional stuff and soulical stuff. But I'm believing we'll not have that here. Amen. That we'll have the real thing. People usually get in one ditch or the other. They either are so afraid that they're going to have a manifestation of flesh or they're going to have something wrong happen till they're so rigid and they're so, uh, you know, mental uh, that nothing happens ever. I mean, what I'm talking about. Well, they don't have any wildfire. They don't even have any smoke. They got nothing. (laughs) They don't have wildfire. They don't have any fire. And uh, it was like one fellow said uh, one time, somebody was concerned about wildfire. And they kept hollering, oh, watch out for wildfire. He said, I'd rather have a little wildfire and God doing something and moving than no wildfire and nothing happening. Right. Nothing going on. Amen. If we have to, we'll curb it in. We'll get our uh, our branches and go, whoa, whoa, that's getting out over there. <laughs> we got to get that back in over here. But not put it all out. Amen. Right? Not quench the spirit on every corner. And then people get out of that ditch and they go over the road and don't stop in the middle. Just keep going and run into the ditch on the other side of the road and just anything goes. I mean, not only the Spirit of God moves maybe once in a while, but every other kind of spirit can move too. And they got flesh in abundance and I mean, all kind of stuff is going on. That's not okay either, is it? So uh, the Lord's helping us. How many will believe with us? And as it comes upon your heart, pray about these things. Pray in the spirit about it. And let's believe God that we'll not be in the ditch on either side of the road. Amen. We'll not be cold and dead. And we'll not just be fleshy and soulical and a bunch of stuff happening and calling it the move of the spirit. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff happens and people call it the move of the spirit. And it's not. Yeah. It's just a bunch of flesh. But there is the real move of the Spirit. There is the real manifestation of the glory of God. And once you've tasted that, friend, there's no going back. You get addicted. I said you'll get addicted, and it's a good addiction. We've experienced some very, very small manifestations in this church. But I'm telling you, God can crank it up. Oh, he can crank it up so strong and so high that there is no doubt that the Lord is here. Amen. And he's manifesting himself in our midst. But we're not, a lot of times people think they're just waiting on him. That one of these days when God gets ready, he'll show up, manifest himself. But no, what we can see already from this verse, we have a responsibility to believe for these things. Right? He said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. Say it out loud, believe Believe. and see see. the glory of God. Let's say it together. Believe and see the glory of God. One more time. Believe and see the glory of God. Now go with me please back to the book of Exodus. Back to the book of Exodus, the 16th chapter, the Lord has always been the same. He doesn't change. He's always been glorious. Amen. And at different times throughout the Bible and recorded history, he's manifested his glory. And so let's go back and see how he has manifested himself in the past. Because that will help us to know what to expect in the present and the future. Now, uh, before I read some of these things, let me give you a definition. If you look up the words, there's more than one, but especially the main word. In the, there's one main word in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, and the main word in the New Testament that's translated glory. 
It means literally heavy or weighty. And it's translated in a number of different words, but it means heavy, weighty. One definition of it is rich. It describes and means splendor, brightness, magnificence. Hallelujah. Let me read you those words again. Heavy, weighty, richness, splendor, brightness, magnificence. If I had to pick one word and summarize these, I'd use the word greatness. Greatness. If something is a lot of quantity and heavy, you could say it's great. If it's magnificent, you could say it's great. Everybody say greatness. greatness. Do we serve a great God? Yeah. Oh, I think the real thing is we have very little idea of how great he is, which is why we're going to get a better idea. Amen. Amen. We're going to camp in his word and talk about it. And we're not just going to talk about it at church, right? We're going to stir ourselves up to talk about it with each other during the week. Amen. And in the shops and streets and in the restaurants. And we talk about how big God is. Talk about how great he is. Talk about how rich he is. How powerful he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How splendid and magnificent and majestic and glorious he is. And what if you think that Branson is buzzing about how great God is? Would it affect us? Yeah. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And if you believe, what will happen? You'll see. If you believe, you will see the glory of of God. Said out loud, God is great. Our God is very great. Very great. Now another side of this is our side, again the word glory, it means heavy or weighty and it means not in a physical sense but in the sense of what you give weight to. For instance, what you consider to be precious and valuable and weighty. When you say give glory to God, a lot of times people all they think is, well, say glory to God. Well, you could be giving glory to God when you say glory to God. But if you just say it lightly, then you're not. Giving glory to God, you must begin to stir yourself up to see how weighty he is. How precious he is, how glorious, and how much of a revelation you have in that will determine how much glory is in your words when you say glory to God. Right? And then also, how many believe that all the things of God should be glorious? That's why we're spending money like water. That's why we're stretching our faith, right? Dollars place up and buy the best stuff we can. And we're just getting started. Right? And I know there's flashier stuff around and there's bigger places around. and But you can't look at that and you can't judge yourself against there's bigger and smaller on both sides. But we're not to judge ourselves against somebody else. Are we doing the best we know how? Right? Are we reaching and stretching to glorify God where we are? Because he's not measuring us against somebody else. He knows what we can and can't do and where we are right now. But should everything around us say glory to God? Should people look at stuff and go, glory to God. Man, that's nice. That represents the Lord well. Right? Should we treat the services of the Lord? The music and the playing and, and the offerings of the Lord and every part of it. Should we treat it as, ah, oh, ho-hum, here comes the plate again. I think they're singing. We sang that before, didn't we? I'll be glad when we get through. Huh? Oh, we're preaching again. Wonder how long you'll go this time. I know all them verses. See, what does that mean? 
What is that doing? That is setting light by the Lord. Right? You know, people come late to service. I don't mean, you know, a time or two. Always come late. Always come 30 minutes late. And I've heard people say, oh, they're just singing. Have you ever heard anything like that? Oh, they're just singing. Oh, they're just taking up the offering. Oh, they're just having a healing line. Sit back in the back and pull out their lunch and talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh, they're just having the ministry line down front. It's not just the offering. It is the offering of the Lord. It's not just singing. It's the praise to the Lord. It's the glorifying of the Lord, right? And we must, you know, there's been some things lost. In the last several generations, there's uh, so many churches, it is completely turned around to where the ministry glorify the people. And play politics to try to get people to come and for fear of losing anybody. Oh, we're so glad y'all came. And and, oh, you know, did I say something that rubbed you the wrong way? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, We didn't put your name on the plaque big enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to be coming to glorify me. I'm not supposed to be glorifying you. We're supposed to be glorifying him. Right? Is that right? So, you know, we don't drag in late. What does that mean? That means I had something more important at the house to do. Oh, did you now? What was more important? Did you hear what I'm saying? Oh, we didn't give anything. We spent everything on something else. What was more important? Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, see, we've got a world full. We've got churches full of folks that don't think right. They think, you know, well, I'm doing something for the church. No, it's for the Lord. Yeah. Well, I'll try to support the pastors. No, no, support your God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't look at people. Amen. It's either you're doing it unto him. How many of the New Testament talks about whatever you do, do it as unto? Yes. Who? Yeah. Not your preachers. Not your local assembly. Do it as unto the Lord. And how many believe you should give weight to the things of the Lord? In your mind and in your thinking. Give weight to it. Give weight to it. And again, people have gotten in the ditch on both sides of this issue. Some people, in an effort to do that, even from times past, that's why everybody has to be really quiet. And if a child moved, they got slapped. Pow! Shh! Why? i got to glorify God. Well, he didn't say deadness glorified him. Right? But there was at least some idea of trying to glorify God in that. But then people get out of that ditch, run across the road, and into the ditch on the other side of the road. And everything's, you know, dress as sloppy as you can. Did you hear me? Hadn't shaved and cleaned up and bring your popsicle in the back. <laughs> yeah, God's my daddy-o. Yeah, we cool. He knows how I am. That doesn't mean he likes it. <laughs> Did you hear me? It's just me. He knows me. Yeah, but do you know him? If you do, you'll straighten up. Right? And realize that God is a God of order. He's a God of perfection. He's a God of beauty and splendor. He's the God of glory. Hallelujah. Glory. And you know, somebody that just walked in out of the back and don't know the Lord, well, we, you know, never say anything to them about if they look bad or what they're doing or if they're sloppy. They don't know God. They're just coming in. They're getting acquainted. But somebody that's been around the Lord for a long time. And you know some things and he's shown you some things and you're still sloppy. Sloppy about what you do and sloppy with the things of the Lord. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you'll get to it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll get to it this month. Maybe before the end of the year. Well, you're not putting weight on his things. Right? When it's time to get ready for the service, when it's time to do the work of the Lord, any place, any time, everything else should stop. Everything else you put aside, right? You give this your full attention and your full, if you come short, it shouldn't be because you weren't trying. 
If you come short, it shouldn't be because you didn't give it 100%. You gave it everything you had. You prepared the best you knew how. You brought all the resources you could. Why? Because the things of the Lord are great. He's a great God. Go to Malachi. Let's talk some more about this concept. Hold your place, I suppose, in Exodus. I guess we're not ready to get there. Does it matter how you think about these things? How you approach these things? We live in a society that is frivolous and light. Everything is no big deal. No big deal. See, we are experiencing consequences from the rebellion of the 60s. Did you hear me? Whole generations and children that have come from them that, you know, that's no big deal. No, whatever happens. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We'll see. And the commitment is not there. The respect is not there. And that's a big problem with God because, see, faith and respect are inseparable. Respect is a big part of faith. To say, I have faith in God. Well, if you believe he's God and you do have faith in him, you're going to show him some respect. You're going to show him reverence. And if you believe that these people are God's people, these ministers are God's ministers, these ministries are God's outreaches and works, then you will show them respect. Won't you? You will. I've traveled, you know, Phyllis and I have traveled for decades now, preached and ministered in thousands of places. And man, I've seen it just as clear as you can see it. There's been places I've gone to, Phyllis and I have gone to, and they let us sit at the airport for half a day. Nobody there to pick us up. That's why I'm so glad now (laughs) that we're in control of these things, right? Man, it's so nice, you know. You pull up in your plane, you shut the engines down, and they pull the car right out there by the door. You're in control. And it saves so much time. But before we were able to do that, you know, doing the best we could, people just leave you. You know, we're sitting, I mean, in some rough places in some large cities, and you saw the same person's already walked by three times now looking at your stuff. <laughs> and you're wishing they'd hurry up and come. They forgot to check you in at your hotel or make any arrangements there. And just like they forgot we're having a meeting. And you watch, those are the toughest places to have any kind of manifestation of the Spirit. Why? If they didn't prepare naturally, you can mark it down. They didn't prepare spiritually either. They hadn't been praying. They hadn't been believing. Why? Why didn't they? Because it's no big deal to them. Now, are y'all getting this? It's no big deal to them. And since it's no big deal, then you don't qualify to see the manifestation of the glory of God. But there's other places I've been to. And they don't have to be a big place. I've been to some small places. But you can tell, buddy, they are operating at 100% of their resources. I tell you what, they were there with bells on. They were waiting. You couldn't even pick up a bag of your own. They had three people for each bag, look like. And... (laughs) And man, they got it. Oh, no, Brother Keith, we've already taken care of that. No, you don't have to even check on that. No, that's done. That's done. No. And they're ready. And when you step up to the platform, everybody's sitting there like this. (laughs) We know it's going to be good. Just go ahead. (laughs) And it is. Oh, man. And it's not because of you as a person. God is ready to meet their faith. And you as a minister, you're available. You're in position to be used. It's not you. It's him. Right? You watch where there's disrespect. Revelation doesn't come. Glory's not manifested. The Holy Ghost manifests where he's appreciated, where he's respected, where he's honored, where he's valued. Where are you right now? That's a good place, but I want you to hold it. <laughs> And go to 1 Samuel. Boy, we're getting in the Word today. Boy, you got three fingers in there and holding your places. But I'm realizing as I go on that I should do something else before I do that. So, I'm in a hurry to get to the glory. How about you? You know, 
We'll see the glory. That is our future, you know. That's our future. That's the atmosphere of heaven. I'm not just saying that. I got scripture for that. The glory of God is the environment, is the very atmosphere of heaven. And that's what makes heaven heaven is God. And the glory is the manifestation of his person and presence. And that's what makes heaven heaven. Another way of saying the manifestation of the glory of God is saying the manifestation of the love of God. Which is like saying the manifestation of God. Because God is love. Now in uh, 1 Samuel, the second chapter. A lot of you know this, but let's remind ourselves of it. 1 Samuel 2 and 30. 1 Samuel 2.30. He said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. And they that what? Despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. If we treat him seriously, how will he treat us? He will treat us seriously and taking us seriously that we're hungry for him. Right? If we respect him, he'll respect our desire for him. But what if we don't? What if we say, ho-hum, church again, ho-hum. Offering again, here it comes, oh hum. Well then, we shall be of him lightly esteemed. He's like, they're not serious about me. They don't want my presence. They don't want to see my miracles. Right? They're not hungry for my word. So he won't manifest himself. But that'll never be the case with us. That'll never be the case with this church family. Right? We... We'll stir ourselves up and we're going to get hungrier and hungrier. Amen. So that it's not just empty talk or noise, but the Lord sees our heart. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are scanning the planet. Right? Scanning the planet, searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's scanning the planet. wonder if his scanner passes over Missouri. Wonder if his eyes scan the Branson Ozark area. Yeah, what's he looking for? Those whose heart is perfect towards him. Don't let that word perfect throw you now. Another translation, those who are wholehearted. Wholehearted towards him. And what's he looking for when he can find these people who are wholehearted? I mean, they love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength, all, all, all. We're not to presume that we're operating that way right now. People like to think they are, but most people are not even close. Right? Most people are not even close. To loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They can quote the verse, but they're not remotely halfway there. And none of us are to judge anybody else except ourselves. Right? How many believe you could love the Lord more? Certainly you could. Every one of us could stir ourselves up. Would people know it? Well, certainly. Yeah, it'll be evidence. Why? Because you'll be obeying Him in life. And His things will begin to be priority to you above everything else. That you love Him. And if you love him and you're wholehearted towards him, will the Lord notice you as his eyes are scanning the earth? What's he looking for? Wholehearted. What if he finds Branson? Boy, there's a bunch of wholehearted, hungry folk. What'd the Bible say? He would show himself. Does that sound familiar? Does that say he will show himself strong on their behalf? It'll happen. It's happening and it will happen here. Not only here, but we can't believe for everybody else's place. We can believe for our part, right? God's glory is supposed to cover the earth. I mean all over the earth, like the waters cover the sea. We can't do everybody else's part. They'll have to get hungry for themselves, right? 
And if they get jealous because we're so blessed, well, they just have to get over it. Because they can get hungry too. Right? They can respect God too. They can honor Him too. But let's do our part. Let's get desirous. Let's get wholehearted. What would be different from wholehearted? Half-hearted. Right? wonder if there's any half-hearted Christians around. Not in saying this church, but... <laughs> wonder if there are any. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. People don't want to be bothered with God's things. A lot of folk don't want to be bothered with God at all. It's amazing how many millions of Christians. I talk to them. I see them here and there. And they say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a believer. But as you talk to them, they don't want to be bothered with going to church. They don't want to be bothered with anybody talking to them about any offerings. They don't want to be bothered with reading their Bible regularly. They don't want to be bothered with praying. Yeah, but I'm a believer. Well, not much of one. Did you hear me? And everything else is priority. I mean, anything will knock them out of a meeting or service. Anything, I mean, family's ahead of God in church, business and job is ahead of God in church, hobbies are ahead of God, everything, God's last on the pole, they are not wholehearted towards God. But the good news here, if you honor God, what did he say? He will honor you. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. If you honor him, them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let's just stop right now and pray and ask the Lord further about this. Say it out loud. Father God, we ask you, teach us how to honor you more. Lead us how to become wholehearted. How to love you with all the heart, all the soul, all the mind, and all our strength that we may qualify for you to honor us and that we may qualify for you to manifest yourself, manifest your presence in our midst, among us, on us. To us, through us, as fully as you would, that you not be hindered in any of these areas. Thank you, Lord. 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 Get glory to yourself. Lord, get glory to yourself in this church. Get glory to yourself in these ministries. Get glory to yourself in every individual. And every family in this place, get glory to yourself. Hallelujah. Get glory to yourself. Well, go with me in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians 3. And I believe we'll close with this. This is the beginning of something. How many believe we'll just increase and gain momentum and gain ground. Right? But let's stir ourselves up immediately on the areas that we've talked about. How many understand this is not just a chair? No. These are the Lord's chairs. Right? How many know you don't stick gum on the bottom of the Lord's chairs? Right? These are not just flowers, these are the Lord's flowers. So you don't kick the pots over and scatter the dirt over the Lord's carpet. Right? Whose body is this? That's the Lord's body. He bought and paid for it, right? So you don't fill it full of drugs and abuse it. Sleep with anybody you can, right? No, you don't poison it. And boy, when you see things right and the things of the Lord begin to carry the weight and significance, will you treat them all differently? You talk about them differently? And when you do, the Lord notices you. He sees you, that you qualify for more, and he'll begin to give you precious things that other people don't see and know. Why? Because they wouldn't appreciate it. 
He said, don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Why? They don't appreciate them. They don't value them. But here, let's let him find people who know how to appreciate a good word from the Lord. They know how to appreciate a healing. Can't you see the wisdom of God in every service? We stand up and give glory to God. And we say, Lord, you healed this baby. We thank you. We appreciate it. We're glad. Lord, you bailed these people out of financial trouble. See, if you don't think enough of it to even mention it, to even bring it up, well, then you don't value it, do you? We value it. That's why we tell it. And we don't just tell it and go ho-hum, another miracle. No, we appreciate it, don't we? We appreciate it. We haven't seen the greater manifestations of the glory that we'd like to see. But one way we'll get there is to value what we have. The God manifests himself just a little bit. We don't go, oh, that ain't much. Whew, that ain't much. I remember back in 65, man. Whoo, I saw a glory. Well, it's past. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, let's talk about right now. And let's be thankful for what we've got right now. Right? I mean, the Lord manifests himself just a little bit. Let's go on and on and go, whoo, glory. Wasn't that great? I mean, the Lord, he manifested himself. And that shows him we can handle more. Right? We would appreciate more. We appreciate what we have. Can you say amen? And what will be happening over the course of this, to him that hath shall more be given. And what's happening is we'll be, it's beginning this morning. And as in 2 Corinthians tells us in the third chapter, 2 Corinthians 3, Verse 17, are you there? Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, do you suppose we'll get more free as things go along? Oh, you just watch and see. Freedom, you're going to see some freedom. Amen? And it won't just be at church, it'll just be all the time. You, whoo, We can be a lot freer. He said, but we all with open face, nothing over our face, nothing obstructing our view, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, we'd say today, the what? The glory of the Lord Lord, as we're beholding the glory of the Lord. What happens? We are changed. Glory to God transformed into what? Into what we're looking at. Into the same image from glory to glory. Not just one thing, but it happens progressively. From one level to the next to the next. Amen. And it happens by the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God forever. Stand on your feet if you would. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.